Welcome to the new Earth Architectress, where we'll be exploring together what is an architectress? What is the new Earth? And how is the evolution in consciousness paving the way for your leading role in architecture? I'm your host, Aisha Rose Melody Hassan, and I'm so excited to share with you what's possible when you lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and your divine calling. If you're a woman architect or designer who's hearing a deep call to take your stand as an ancient temple builder of the future, welcome. Now is the time and we are the ones. Hello and welcome to another episode of the New Earth Architectress podcast. And today we've got a really special, amazing guest. She is a advanced feng shui practitioner and interior designer. Uh, her name is Amanda Gates, and she is also the author of Feng Shui for the Soul. For the Soul, yes. Uh, and She's been doing practicing feng shui for many years and weaving this wisdom into her design practice, interior design practice. And she's going to share all of her wisdom, all of her uh, experience, bridging spirit with form, bridging the, the world of nature and the elements with, with design and, and her success stories. Amanda, it's such a delight to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me on. It's we always enjoy talking to one yeah. another and just sharing our stories. So yes. good timing, I suppose. I'm in the midst of a move and the moving company is going to be here this afternoon. And yeah. so um it's a little chaotic over here, but it sounds like you've got some too. So that's great. <laughs> Absolutely, Amanda. We were just laughing behind the scenes and I've got some laundry that is blown over by the wind. Cat is lying on it. Uh cleaning in process. Half half of the cleaning supplies and luggage are outside of the tiny house. I'm still living out of um like you know like uh, uh, luggage bags <laughs> with no proper drawers welcome chaos welcome chaos yes i think that's the theme of our world right now is yeah. how to just I, and i think it, it truly is an invitation we were talking about before the show my, my girlfriend saying that i've been given a lot of invitations lately um, but I think what's great about this shakeup of sorts is that we've been kind of going in this direction of comfort and convenience. And we've, I think we've all as a culture gotten kind of in a rut. Right. And so I feel like we've all been kind of in this basket and spirit is shaking the basket up. Yeah. We're like, whoa, what's going on? And it's forcing us to get very, very clear about what our priorities truly are, what's truly important to us and what we really need in life. And it's helping us to really surrender and get rid of what no longer serves us. Uh, so that's the invitation. <laughs> uh, the truth is speaking forth from your from your throat, from your mouth and 
it that really resonates amanda absolutely i love how you say it's like we're, we're we're being shaken up in this basket and being forced to to really get clear on what matters to us most and um and we've we've gotten quite comfortable um now of course the majority of the population or rather no i wouldn't say the majority but a fair size of the the population is actually used to being in this discomfort you know in poverty etc but you know for for us north Amer i would say i'm a, a part north american born and raised in in toronto um yeah there was a, there was a lot you know hot water easy you turn it on hot water's there right like just some basic comforts and uh yeah we're being forced to shake things up it's 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 an interesting dynamic i mean i um we're in a we're having a rent crisis here in the us and yeah. so um it's a it's a huge dichotomy of the haves and the have-nots and how the haves are really trying to come down on the have-nots and so we're in this massive rental crisis and so my rent went up six hundred dollars per month last year and it's going up eight hundred dollars per month this year and like it's so like the wage gap is huge. Like my wages aren't increasing at that. No, you know, it's, they're not increasing at that rate. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been so interesting because I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to buy a house. It's been cheaper to rent for all these years. And I've, you know, I'm, I have no debt. Um, I've been investing in retirement and just socking all of it away. And so I was like, all right, fine. I'll just buy a house. But the housing market right now is also insane and very, very right. bloated. Right. But what's been so interesting about this experience, you're talking about hot water, is the houses are so bloated right now that really what I can afford, which is so funny because two years ago, I could afford a beautiful, lovely, amazing home. And now it's the, yeah, they're just all just two dumb. years ago. Yeah. yeah. But what has been so funny, and, and my mom is in the trenches with me, is that very basic things are not available in these homes. So a garage is really important to me and that's like non-existent. So we've taken that off the, the table. Laundry, 90% of the homes that I'm looking at do not have laundry in them, no washer or dryer. So you right. have to go to the laundromat or you have to go to a facility. And I'm like, really? I like, know, it's like, isn't that basic? Yeah, especially for the amount that you're paying, yeah the the basic things and so and there's been a lot of little things like that that like you have to sacrifice and give up and so it's like okay no garage and no laundry or you know um you get laundry but then you don't get this and it's like that you, you can't have it all so to speak and it's like we take for granted that we have you know these conveniences like a dishwasher a refrigerator i literally right. put an offer on a house that had no fridge no dishwasher, no laundry, no garage. And I'm literally, I'm trying to buy it just because I'm so desperate for a roof that I can afford. And like, I'm literally, and, and the space was only 400 square feet. So oh like, God. you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm a designer. I can figure out how to get a right. refrigerator. I can make ma magic with my Oh, and it didn't tray. have a stove. Did not oh, have great. a stove. 
So I'm like, okay, I can figure out how to do an efficiency stove and get a refrigerator in here. And I'm going to put right. laundry over here. And like, I'm literally taking up half the space just to get modern day conveniences in it. Right. But like everything that we're looking at, these are the sacrifices you have to give up. Like laundry has been a big one. 90% of the houses we're looking at do not have laundry in them. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. That's crazy. Dishwasher almost non-existent. Like, but these are everyday conveniences that we've gotten so accustomed so to. So accustomed to, yeah. And we are so entitled that we think, oh, I have to have laundry. I yes. have to have a dishwasher. But do we? 50 years ago, they didn't have either. Right. Well, I certainly am experiencing uh, the, you know, the, the we're living in a tiny house for the past year and a half. We haven't, we haven't, haven't had a dishwasher. So it's like patience, patience, washing dishes, patience, patience. And um, actually living in Turkey, uh, and I've been back and forth for many years. Uh, my, my family is from, from Turkey and uh, you know, there's a lot of the laundry is hung, so there's no dryer, but it's actually better for the clothes, but it requires more patience. I remember going to my grandpa's, uh, staying at his place. Uh, may he rest in peace. He's now passed. Um, uh, you know, he had to light the gas to heat up hot water, right? For the, sh to take a shower. So there's this whole understanding and process. Okay. What's what's behind the scenes here you know like i grew up not knowing actually how anything was powered really yeah or how, how anything was heated i found yeah. that out later in architecture school and you know ex so you, you, you take for granted the the simple thing what we consider simple but like, I remember growing up, we didn't have heat and air in our house. Like yeah. we, we had a heater that was in the floor, but it was one and same thing. We had to light a match. We had to light a match to, to uh, do the water heater, the yeah. stove yeah. and the main furnace. Um, and we only turned it on when it was really cold. Yeah. And like yeah. in the summertime, yeah. we would just open up all the windows right. and it was like a house built in the 1900s. And when it would get really hot, we would put sheets in the bathtub and hang them up so that the breeze would blow in and cool the house down. Like we did things that today, I don't think anybody would think to do. Right. Because we've just gotten so accustomed to those. And so I feel like this time period, for those that are listening, they're probably going through a lot of chaos right now. And we all are. And I feel like it's shaking us up to get, help us surrender to what isn't serving us and really making us, it, it's forcing us because if we're not forced, we don't like change. We're not going to do it. I know. Yeah. We talk about it, but Sometimes we, we just need that kick in the butt, right? We have to be pushed up against the wall so that we're like, fine, <laughs> this is awful. I, I don't know up. how I'm going to do this, you know? And I was talking to a client the other day. So what I'm doing is I have been trying to buy for six months and I've lost every offer to cash buyers and everything else. And so I've been trying to rent, but a one bedroom apartment here is $2,000. And I'm just, I can't bring myself to, to pay such an exorbitant amount of money right. for a one bedroom. And so my girlfriend, the one that was telling me about the invitation, she said, well, I have an invitation for you. She said, I bought a home uh, many years ago before I got married and I held on to it. I, the, the point was, is that she was going to sell it. 
And she's like, I'm going to hang on to it and maybe rent it. Well, what she has experienced over the last 20 years is that somebody, whether a friend, a family member, a parent, somebody at some point in the 20 years has needed shelter. So she put her mom in this house uh, two years ago because mom couldn't afford the rent hikes. She was at kind of like a retirement home and her retirement home was like $6,000 per month. And mom couldn't afford it because she's on a fixed income. So she put mom in the house and she's like, if you don't mind living with mom, like you can live there free of charge, like just move in. And I'm like, sold. <laughs> That's amazing. And so you're going there now? So, well, she had given me this invitation back in like February. And my first response was, oh, hell no. No, right. I'm doing this. No, like that's ridiculous. And as this process has gone on of me, I've put in 22 offers on homes since January. Wow. And they've fallen apart. I've lost them to other bids. I've lost them to cash buyers. And so she brought the invitation up again about three weeks ago. And she's like, no, you're done. You're done. Move in with mom. I'm like, I surrender. I surrender. I've got, I took what I could over to a storage unit. I got a big storage unit. Moving company's coming today. I'm putting the rest. Oh, I'm getting shivers. This is amazing. It's kind of like a beginning of an adventure. Yeah. And so what's interesting is, is one of my clients um, is a woman and she went through a really bad divorce about 20 years ago and she's a financial advisor. And she said, you know, 50 years ago, women used to do this sort of thing all the time because back, you know, in those times, if a woman got a divorce, which was, you know, frowned upon, but if a woman got divorced, other women would help other women to get back on their feet. She said, this was very common. And she said, it's fantastic that you have a, a female friend willing to help you out. She said, take advantage. That is a gift from God. And she's like, you're literally putting up blinders. Like I can't get any help. And she's like, that's help. (laughs) And that, you know what that is, Amanda, that's community. Mm -hmm. Community doesn't need to look like an eco village, you know, community doesn't need to look like how we think, oh, you know, somewhere off in the, you know, in the, in the wilderness somewhere away from the suburbs or away from the city or whatever, whatever the picture is in people's minds. That's, that's the spirit of helping each other. That's the spirit that we experienced in the villages here in Turkey. And you still see the grandmas and the grandmas and the aunties knocking on each other's door. Yeah. Tribal trading olives for cheese, you know, and you can still feel the spirit of that here in Turkey. And that's just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for what will unfold as a result of you surrendering. And I was telling you before the show, uh, so my book feng shui for the soul, it's, it's really about, um, I think a lot of people see in the title feng shui and they think I'm going to say like, put your couch here and do this. Yes. It's not that at all. It's highly, highly spiritual. And it's about these aspects in our life of surrender and to give ourselves to the higher power and what that looks like from a feng shui perspective. And so she literally took a snapshot of my command chapter and said, I think she said, I think you need to reread your own chapter. (laughs) 
was like, yes. Unfortunately, they're packed, but yes. <laughs> I gotta gonna review that again. Yeah, yeah. isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I think you need to. I think you need to review your own words, Amanda. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> isn't so, that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good for people to hear because you know everybody's going through something, and I think what's important is that we what I'm hearing from a lot of people is the spiritual stuff doesn't work anymore. I'm meditating like three hours a day. I'm going in nature. I'm doing these things. Right. I still feel chaos. I'm still, it's still coming right. at me. I feel yeah. so chaotic. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling those this week for sure. Yeah. 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 And the panic attacks. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I feel like we're all whipped up in a froth. And so those this I call it spiritual matter, but the, the spiritual tools feel like they're not working. And what I feel like has happened is there's this acceleration process that has occurred. And where we used to be given one invitation at a time, we could unbox it, we could work on it, we could process it. And right. Okay. Now, instead, I told my mom the other day, I said, I swear to God, I feel like I'm in a batting cage with 500 uh, machines coming at me and I have no bat. That's what I feel like, but I feel like a lot of people feel like that. We're so much. Oh my God. At them. That's totally what was I was experiencing the other day. Okay. Continue. And I'll share a bit about our construction and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it feels very overwhelming, but again, it goes back to being pushed up against the wall. Like it's, right. I feel like the, it, it's like Oprah says the, the spirit will come to you in a whisper then it tries to have a conversation with you and then it starts slapping you upside the head and there I feel you like go. all getting slapped upside the head. Like we've had the whispers and we're just like, la, 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 like we don't see it. And so now we're getting berated with all of these invitations um, to change. And I think it has a lot to do with um, really inviting and opening ourselves up to more community, relying less on ourselves and being an island and, you know, getting caught up in the rat race of we've got to do more, be more, make more, you know, just be more for the sake of more. Um, and I, I think that the universe is really trying to get us to break the cycle of this, you know, paradigm that we've created of working ourselves to death, being busy to the, the point of, you know, exhaustion. Depletion. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, and do more. And so I feel like we're all being shaken up to be forced to do things that we wouldn't normally do. Like I said, this invitation came to me back in February and I was like, oh, hell no. And now I'm like, okay, I'll do it because so much has come at me. I'm just, I told my girlfriend yesterday, I said, I surrender. Oh. I just, there's, there's, it, I can't do anymore. But yeah. I think that. What I'm trying to get at is that don't give up on spirituality. Don't give up on the woo. Don't give up on the tools that you have. It's not that they're not working. It's that I feel like the universe was working on us with a shovel and it's now having to go in with like a, a bulldozer <laughs> yeah. to really get us to wake up and to force us to pivot. And we haven't been willing to pivot and getting the invitations and we're like, la, 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 nope, uh-uh. And they're like, all right. Yeah, it's like, I want to stick to my morning meditation routine, you know, meanwhile. Yeah. Sounds so those tools are, are still there for us. So yeah. I, I think that a lot, like I've heard a lot of people, one of my, my dearest girlfriends is a medium and she goes, man, the chaos is good for business. 
<laughs> All right. Tell us more, Amanda. Tell us more. Um, but I think that, um, you know, I think that people go to an energy healer or they talk right. to someone like you or they uh, come to the feng shui consultant and they think, right. oh my gosh, you're going to be the answer to make all this bullshit stop. And then the bullshit doesn't stop. And they're like, oh, that didn't work. No, it's not that it doesn't work. It's that you're having to flesh it out. You're having to flesh out what the answer is and don't give up before you find the diamond. Love it, Amanda. And, and you know what I'm, this, this resonates with me so much because I've experienced that with clients where it's like, okay, you know, it's like, and we expect the rainbows and the butterflies. And, you know, the key is, is that the land, our homes are a mirror for our souls, a mirror for our situation in life. And once you start to open up awarenesses of your situation, oh, right. I'm speaking for myself. Hmm, interesting. I've been attracting places with roads that, you know, sometimes really annoy me and make a lot of noise and dealing with like bulldozers literally on this side of the house and on that. So yeah. hmm, could there be something around boundaries or right on the edges of things? So, you know, delineating my terms, what I want, I'm just making some possible uh, meanings or interpretations for an example. And, you know, the point is not to um, do spiritual bypassing, right? And I think too, yeah, yeah, go I ahead. I think that we're as we're human. And so we want to hurry up and get to the finish line. Like we're, we're like, right. oh my God, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I, I, this is, oh. this isn't what I want to deal with. I want to get over there. Yeah. But like, I, I look back and I talk a lot about this in my book. I, I, I'm, I go through a lot of transformational invitations um, but I talk a lot about my, uh, earlier invitations in life and how much I went through and like, it was very uncomfortable and it was very hard. I went through a very hard five or six years. And when I got, got on the other side, that's where, you know, I, my, the beauty of my feng shui practice really started to blossom and it, it really started to, uh, I was able to marinate a lot more wisdom, wow. and bring more wisdom to the planet. So I feel like every time we, we go through these processes, you know, it's very uncomfortable because we don't like change. We don't like to be uncomfortable. And we do want sunshine and rainbows, but we have to look to the, the world card in tarot and it's, it's a cycle. It's very cyclical. It's yeah. just like the seasons, yeah. you know, we can't bloom all the time and we want right. to bloom all the time. Right. We want to be rich. We want to have the great job. We want to have the house, the cars, all the things, all the manifestations, all the awards. And we want to be in spectacular, beautiful unicorns and rainbows all the time. And when that isn't going on and things are uncomfortable and life gets very chaotic, we yeah. get into this victim mode very, very quickly of, oh, why is this happening to me? And why is it so hard? And, but that's where the tremendous growth occurs in our spirituality, which is why we're here. We're not here to accumulate more shit. We're here to grow on a spiritual level. And this is what really helps us when we go through these 
aspects. Sorry, my cat hears me talking to you. And so she's trying to talk over me. She's so awesome. <laughs> my cat is just like totally like, like, like on vacation on all the clean laundry that is on the ground right now. Outside in the garden. Like, well, you're going to talk to someone. <laughs> so I'm going to talk louder. Yeah. So, and it's because it's bring it on. Yeah. So she's trying to talk louder than me. But I think that, um, you know, if you can take a step back and it's hard, I mean, I'm going through this myself. I've got 4,000 things coming at me. I'm in this batting cage with no freaking bat. I'm like, oh my God, like they're coming at me yeah, so block, fast. Block. Yeah. Um, but I know because I'm old at this point, I'm almost 50. I've been through these invitations so many times in my life that yeah. if you look at that world card in tarot, many of us are at the bottom and right. we're in the shit and we're just going to yeah. cycle back up. We're just, we're not quite there yet. And so I know that in two years, I'm going to look back and go, oh yeah, remember that, but look where I am now. Right. And it was needed. It was a necessary uh, layer foundation step to getting there. We need to go through the death for the new life to be birthed. Well, again. and we, we, Esther Hicks has this beautiful, oh, I love her. Yeah. Love her. Got, yeah. And I, I think I talk about this in the book too. It, it, it she has this beautiful story and, and I call it, um, manifesting your alliance, which is based on her story. She talks about this, um, amazing she's got this home and, and she had been wanting lions at the entrance of her home and so she was collecting photos she was dreaming about it thinking about it talking about it and so it took almost three years and to to locate these lions and so uh this antiques dealer that she had been working with for years she told him about this showed him the photos and six months later he arrives and she's like oh my God, I nearly died. Like she said, I don't, it, it was so overwhelming how amazing wow. these lions were. I felt um, that something was wrong with me because I am not allowed to enjoy an earthly possession this much. And then she shares this story where the same antiques dealer shows up and he's like, hey, would you like a horse? And she's like, well, no, not really. But it took like 10 men to get this thing off the truck and they put it in her front yard. And she said, it's gaudy and gold and it's ugly. And she's just like, what the hell do I do with this? And so she asked Abraham, like, right. Why is it that that was such an amazing experience? It's, it's all the same circumstances, same company, same men, same right. truck, same location where they got this. And the experience of it all was amazing. She said, I just, I die every time I see those it's just not wow. humanly possible to love an earthly object so much and I so feel much. and she said I look at that horse and she said same men same truck same company same experience but it's really not because I don't like them and so Abraham comes through and he goes what you have to understand is as humans you think that you should manifest like that like right. you think I want this and I want it now and he talks about how the spiritual realm works and how in 3D, it's very dense here. And so the whole reason yeah. that we don't manifest things quickly is because we're kind of dumb and we're very immature. And, <laughs> and, and still in this dualistic, yeah. Yes. And so, so evolved. Yeah. <laughs> he talked about the differences being that 
Esther spent three years throwing energy into what she really wanted to experience around these lions, like the beauty, what they looked like, how it would make her feel. Yeah. I like this about this one, but I like that about that one. And man, if that put together. And so she, it was the journey yeah. of manifesting those lions that gave her this incredible experience. Whereas the horse would just kind of showed up and she's like, I don't like this. And a lot of us, I think we get in these uncomfortable parts in our life and we yeah. just buy the horse. Oh, that, that's going to fill the void. That's going to fill the hole. Right. That's going to make us feel better. And then we're like, oh, well that didn't do it. So then we get, yeah, the and then the next day you're, you're unsatisfied with something else. Yeah. And we keep whatever it is, whether it's the career, the marriage, the partner, the home, whatever it is, we're trying to satiate that thing but we're not taking the time to really manifest the lions. And so right. what I've been trying to do, everybody I'm talking to right now is going through this chaos and there's no one quick fix. You're not going to be able to, you know, get your house feng shui and it's done. You're not going to get the energy healing and it's going to be done. You're not going right. to go to the psychic and they're going to tell you the answer. What it's going to look like is you're going to sit down and get clear about okay, I'm, I'm going through some stuff right now. And this is really chaotic and I don't like this, but what right. do I really want? What should this look like? And so that's where I've been really utilizing my own feng shui is I'm doing ceremonies and I'm, I'm manifesting my lions. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in the thick of it right now and I'm not very happy, but right. what I am going to get clear about is I don't want to be where I am. Right. So we're going to focus on where I'm going. Yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to manifest the lions and throw energy into what I want. It's like, you know, as you speak, Amanda, it's like, it's one big art piece, right? It's the process of creating the painting. And I've been actually, I mean, I'm telling you your words right now are like music to my ears. And it feels so reassuring uh, because it's, you know, while there's been so much magic in the construction of our house right now, it's still really challenging. I'm dealing with a lot of things at the same time. And there was a certain moment where I was walking around cleaning the construction site. And I could notice, I'm like, oh, let's just get this done. I need to, I want to move in, you know, like we need to move into this space, have it all perfect and beautiful and photographed, right? All architects and designers want that, right? They want to, to, to show what, the, what they can create, what's possible. And I've been actually having conversations with my house now, that the being Excellent. of the house, I'm getting to know the house. And I said to myself, well, and spirit was talking to me then, what if it's about the journey? What if it's about the process? What if it's about the fun and the adventure and the, um, uh, the, the unplanned aspect to building? And could there, can there be a much more um, easeful, joyful, almost humorous way of going through this construction rather than just like what you said, expecting the lions to be right here, right now. And this just opened up a whole other state of being. And I noticed that the cleaning of the house 
took much less time than I, than I perceived, right? And as I cleaned the construction, even I took care to make beauty even in something that's not complete, right? And so you kind of, you take these moments, you put, you put, you know, I put some candles on the, the central stair altar and I've actually even brought flowers in and you should see the builders, right? Like, they're like, why are you like flowers and candles? We're not even done, Aisha. We're not even done the, the building. And I'm like, I don't care. It's going to bring really good flow. It's going to bring magic. And it does, it helps their flow too, Amanda. It helps, it helps also the moving of energy. It helps also the bringing in of new things. So that just- uh, Here's a story in my book, uh, early on in my career, it was the day before Thanksgiving and my client Barbara had called and she, she was just screaming into the phone. I was at the grocery store buying dinner for Thanksgiving and she just said something to the effect, they're doing it all wrong. Everything is wrong. He's laying the tile wrong. He's not supposed to, the tub's not here. Like she's just right. broken. And I'm like, okay, like, hang on. She was like 50 miles South. Of, I mean, it was a good hour and a half away. Right. I'm like, I'm on my way. And the tub had not shown up for her uh, primary bathroom. And the tile guy was like, well, I don't give a flip. I'm putting the tile in. And, and the, we were like, you can't put the tile in without the tub because you don't know where the tub is. Like it, it, right. Right. Just the basic. Yeah. And there were some, a couple of other things. And what she was running into is it was a bunch of good old boys building the house. And she was, you know, very tiny. She was only like four foot 11. And she kept saying, no, 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 I don't want it that way. No, no, no. I don't like that. And they were just like bulldozing Ignoring her. Ignoring her. Yeah. And so it, it was a very pivotal moment in my career because I had like my little bag of feng shui tricks. Right. And um, this was the first time in my career that I didn't have my little bag of tricks. Right. I literally left the grocery store, went straight to the house. And when I got there, I was like, oh my God, I am not going to be able to be the feng shui consultant because right. I don't have my bag of tricks. Right. And I had to fly by the seat of my pants and I had a conversation with the house. I literally said, okay, yes. what is it? Where are we falling short? And what is it that we need to do? And I just sat there for a moment. I closed my eyes and I looked at Barbara dead in the eyes. And at this time, she had not really hired me for feng shui. I was an interior designer to okay. her. Right. And I grabbed her hands and I looked her deadpan in the face and I said, are you ready to get to work? And she just looked at me and she said, yes. <gasps> I grabbed a Sharpie from my car. It was like an old beat up trash Sharpie. <laughs> it was an old Home Depot bucket on the floor. <laughs> so we started going through the house. I took that Home Depot bucket and I was slamming on it like it was a drum and she was singing gospel. I was doing oh. mantra. We were writing love letters to the house with the Sharpie, like how amazing she was and how beautiful she was. I had an, uh, an old, like really gross melted candle in my car. And we found like an old set of matches, but most of them had been destroyed from water, but we were able to get one lit and we just made shit up as we went. And then we yeah. sat down on the floor and we just, she continued to sing gospels. I continued to do mantras and we just 
we we basically asked the house to forgive us. We're so sorry. We're so sorry that we allowed this to occur. Thank you so much. And we basically just did a, a ceremony. And when I left there, it, like it was raining, it was super cold. And I didn't feel like we did a damn thing, but she, like her anxiety level had come down so much. Okay. And that's all that I cared about. Like I wanted to make her feel better. Yeah. And we went through Thanksgiving and then the following week she called me and she goes, Amanda, I don't know what the hell we did, but the contractor quit. The entire crew left what? A new crew came in and she said, these guys saw the love notes that we wrote on the two by fours. And they were actually asking me questions like, what is this? What does this mean? And she said, you know, we did a ceremony on the house and they were like, oh my God, this is so cool. We want to do this too to our houses. There you go. So we literally ushered Shifted. in yeah. the energy that was aligned with where we wanted to be. And this new crew listened to her. They got the house to where she wanted. And for me, it was a pivotal moment in my career on the importance of, you don't need a damn thing. You need yeah. yourself and you need the conversations with God, spirit, universe, yeah, whatever you want to call it, free spirits, and just move forward. Just oh. do what's in your heart and exactly. fly by the seat of your pants. And like, yeah, I didn't think that we had done a damn thing and we had done so what a celebration. Much. What a celebration and your intuition right? Both of your intuitions, yours and your clients, like the but power. But I think it's such a great story about the power because so often we think, oh, I can't do it, but Amanda can do it or you can do it, but I can't do it. And it, the no, right. you have more power than you've been led to believe. And in our yes. whole lives, especially as women, we're told you're not enough. You're not smart enough. Yes. You're not pretty enough. You can't do those things. And it's like, Hey, women architects, that. designers, are you listening? Are you listening? Listen to what Amanda's saying right now. You like, have the power. Yeah. You have the power. You have all the tools within you and there are no rules. There's, yes. there's no, like, this is what it needs to look like. I, I think I've shared the story with you uh, my girlfriend and I were on my way to my mom's house and we were outside of Illinois somewhere and we were almost out of gas. Yeah. And there was a uh, accident on the freeway and the, the traffic just stopped. We were sitting on the road and it was, we were going to be 90 minutes until we moved again. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to run out of gas. And I looked at my girlfriend and I said, let's get to work. And so we turned around and she looked at her phone and she's like, Amanda, there is not a gas station for 20 miles. We're not going to make it. And I said, the hell we're not. I said, you start throwing intention into a gas station. I'm going to start uh, doing mantras. So I started doing mantras and I'm, I'm calling in the goddess of mercy. And I'm like, I need your help. And so we're, I'm doing a, a ancient mantra. She's visualizing a gas station. And what we really wanted was just any gas station, but in particular, <laughs> We wanted a shell gas station because right. her mom was paying for any gas at any shell gas station. Oh, perfect. She probably had a card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so she's like, okay, well, it says to turn here and we're turning down this road and it's just corn stalks all the way down. And I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, I don't know if we're going to make it. I'm like, we're going to make it. <laughs> driving along, driving along, driving along. We go up and over a hill and at the bottom of the hill, is a gas station and she's looking at her phone and she's like, but the phone says it's not for another 15 miles. There you go. And there was a oh, I just got gas station. 
Here's the really interesting thing. On the way home, we went back through that road. We could not find the gas station. Oh, Amanda. Wow. So the power is within you. The, the, I think the, the biggest hurdle we have is our own mind. And we tell ourselves, yeah. oh, I can't do that. And that's not real. And, you know, we put yeah. all that doubt, which clouds yeah. it. But if you go into it with 150%, I'm going to do this. I'm going to manifest those lions. By yeah. God, you are going to do it. You are going to do it just when it's the, the, the divine timing and to enjoy the process of it, the taste of it the juiciness of it. As well, not you... take no for an answer. Right. Yeah. We needed gas. And I was like, we are going to do this. And my girlfriend Love is you. like, it's amazing. She said to me, she goes, Amanda, I'll be honest. I didn't believe, but she said, I knew that you're powerful and I knew that you could do this. So I believed in you. And I'm like, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> She's like, you do this kind of stuff all the time, but I don't. And I'm like, here's to you to seeing that it's possible. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe this entire thing was you and had nothing to do with me. Right. So it's, it's the power of your mind and, and persevering. And I think that that's what this time is that we're going mm. through right now is that it's pushing us up against the wall to force us to change. And even though it's uncomfortable and we don't want to do it, that's the energy forces you to know that this is the only way out. And so you put your mind, your heart, your energy and everything into it. And then you come out on the other side and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know how I did that. I don't even know how I did it. But I, I don't did not even know I did it. Woo! Ah, oh, so inspiring. <laughs> like a sermon. <laughs> I know it is. It's just streaming through you, Amanda. Always does. And it's just, it's a powerful day and talk about, divine timing and synchronicities and you know for the listeners who are listening uh you know i'm sure this resonates with with many of you as we're we're riding this very intense time you know the uh we're definitely on this path right the evolution of consciousness awakening and that's what the new earth architect dress is about i'm i i've come here to 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 shake things up and to to encourage women to to really break free of the bounds of conventional design and to to reshape their life and a lot of their life as well as their creative practice their design practice there are so many women right now who are like on the brink amanda of quitting their jobs depleted stressed, overworked. There are some women that I've been in communication with that didn't even get proper benefits and time off when they had COVID, like long haul COVID and all this stuff, like really inhumane practices. I'm not saying that all firms are like this, but there's just like this real squeeze in every compression um, in every aspect of our lives right now. And it's forcing you forcing you to to really go deep within and listen to what your soul is meant to do what's what's your calling and to to unleash your intuitive powers we've been repressed for a really long time mm -hmm. we've been repressed a lot for of toxicity um yeah. especially in architecture and design there's a lot oh. of toxicity about um work performance and what's expected of you and 
you know, it's okay if you work 80 hours, but I only pay you 40 hours because you're ah, getting exposure like, and you're yeah. learning. Um, there's a lot of that nonsense in this, in this world yeah. and a lot of abuse and uh, no retirement plans, no health benefits, right. working long hours, working on- There's weekends, a lot of that shit. Yeah. No boundaries. And I think that, um, which is what we were talking about earlier is, is the lack of boundaries. And, you know, we've really been fed and bred to believe that it's this go, go, go mentality and, and really the sweat of our backs for someone else's sake to, to let them get rich. But, you know, our health is deteriorating. Our stress level is through the roof. We're not growing in any way, shape or form other than anxiety, overwhelm, stress, you know, debilitating depression. Um, and I think that the, the invitation is, okay, we've been going in this patriarchal paradigm for far right. too long. What if we pivot and go over here where it is a little bit more delightful and enjoyable and there's a lot more creativity and it. it's more fun. And my God, maybe there isn't so much stress and you might be happy. <gasps> we don't even know what that is. You know, yeah. and, and as older folks, there's a part of us where it, we've been in this grind for so long that we, a lot of us don't even feel like it's possible. Oh, we can't, right. we can't do that. We can't right. it's just like that. That's not how things are. It's not reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's a luxury in it. That's indulgent. How dare you think like that? And then the millennials and the Gen Zers come along and go, oh, hell no, I ain't working like that. Right. I'm not going into the office right. and I'm not working more than 40 hours a week. Unless they're like can. building YouTube, like businesses, like making like tons of money. Some of them, you know, like really like out of the out of the box they're coming in with different yeah. software and they're thinking a new yeah. way and they're the ones that are pushing back and us old folks are like oh gosh we can't do that because we'll lose our jobs and and millennials and gen zers are like screw it they fire me i'll go to the next job like and we don't right. think like that we think like oh my god this is it this is all i, I know I it's like I'm, job, i felt so guilty for not like climbing up the ladder in the firms and becoming an associate I felt like I was going to be ostracized by the architecture profession, by the architecture association for talking about spirit and energy, like all kinds, you know, like really felt like very boys clubby kind of energy to, you know, just like, how do you show up? What do you wear? How do you act from where do you work? What time do you leave the office? Like all this. And you feel guilty on us. Yeah. If you, if you, try like I remember early on in my career the design firms that I worked at I would feel guilty if I didn't work past five o'clock I would yeah. work guilty if I didn't show up at 7 a.m in the morning I would feel guilty if I didn't come in on a Saturday because everybody else was doing it and it's like if you didn't do it it's like well what's wrong with you don't you care about your career I know like well it, it reminds me of um office space. martyrdom oh yeah yes. space. with the um with the oh I can't remember what they called it but all the pins and Jennifer Aniston wasn't wearing all the pins and and like well everybody else is wearing 15 pins and you're only wearing five right. and she's like yeah okay yeah she didn't like, care <laughs> yeah and and that's kind of like what it but you know a lot of people want to blame the millennials and Gen Zers as being lazy and it's not that they're lazy it's that they're pushing back and saying no this is not right we don't want to work like this like we truly want work-life balance and, and we want to work and get a, we want to get paid a living wage and we want a personal life. 
you know, we've never even been, that's indulgent. Want to be nourished, yeah, very well life. nourished. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's also really beautiful about millennials and Gen Zers is they're taking care of their personal health. Like yeah. uh, mental health is such a big thing to them and, and they go and see therapists and, and like, Oh my yeah. God, back in my day, if you went to a therapist, you did not talk about it. Right. Like you were broken and something was wrong with you. And now everybody like the it's younger like normal, generation. right? Yeah. To have a coach, to have a psychologist to do, and they don't care yeah, about the material like they don't care about the cars and the house and the material stuff. It, like they're not working themselves to death to buy shit they don't need to impress people they don't like. Like they, right. they don't get caught up in that. And that's the right. paradigm that we were really fed. As, yeah. Like I remember yeah. going to design school. It was like what they really taught in design school is you were not successful if you did not have a design firm with a minimum of five employees and you were bringing in a million dollars in projects a year right. at minimum. And it's like, and then you have to dress a certain way. You have to have certain right. kind of hair, certain kind certain of shoes. Website, like certain business card. It's yeah. all this pressure yeah. and it's all yeah. smoke and mirrors because most designers, like I am more, I am better at my job if I'm in blue jeans and a t-shirt and I can really have my hair up and like just really focus on a project because that's where I can really get in my creative space. And I found that yeah. when I used to wear the heels and the slacks and the fancy hair and the nails and all the crap, like it was so uncomfortable that I couldn't yeah. freaking concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> but I it felt was, so what's about flow. Yeah. And it would I yeah. would feel so judged if I didn't right. look a certain way and be a certain way. And it's like, I'm so glad that things have relaxed. And uh, I'm curious to see another big paradigm shift that's starting to occur is because of COVID. Um, a lot of people started working from home and uh, commercial real estate loans are not like residential where residential gets 30 year fixed loans commercial, they re-up every five years. So a lot of those commercial properties are getting, uh, they're, they're being forced to refinance this year and next year. Right. And their rates are going from 2% to 7%. And so their interest rates are going up six to $10 million. Wow. So they're going to start handing in the keys to the banks because they're, they're opting out. They're, they're not going to. Yeah. And so yeah. what, what my hope is, is that with this age of Aquarius coming in and with this new energy coming in, the millennials and the Gen Z and in this younger generation, they're, they're more communal. They, they care about the homeless. They care about fellow human beings. And so what I would love to see is that architects like you who are of this spiritual realm, taking these office spaces and turning yeah. them into livable spaces that are affordable. Right. You know, like, yeah, they could be like, these, like, yeah, like, um, co-housing collectives, like co-working and amazing, like downtown. We should have the ability to rentals. where somebody can buy yeah. or even rent a space that's five or 600 bucks a month so that they can sock yeah. away 50% of their income. Yeah. And instead, most people are spending 50 to 60 just at the limit. They can't save for anything. Nothing. I haven't been able to save for the last two years because of all these rent hikes and the inflation. Insane. And so it, 
it's really uncomfortable. I don't like it. And I think about millennials coming in, they're just graduating and coming into the workforce and Gen Z are just coming into the workforce and they're making 30 grand a year and their rent is $28,000. Yeah. That does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. We need affordable housing where if you take these old malls and these old office buildings, wouldn't it be people, wild? Yeah. Give people the option to go into an affordable space that's five or 600 bucks. And so yeah. they can stock away and save for a house or save for a rainy day and feel some autonomy. Yeah. So that they feel like I am empowered. I don't have to put up with your bullshit and your bullying or, you know, your, my mental health is at stake here because you're abusing me. I've got a hundred grand in the bank. I'm walking away, you know, but a lot of people aren't in that position and they feel like they have to put up with things because they're paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And it's because everything has gotten so yeah. unaffordable. Yeah. So we get in this rat race and this grind and then when you're very thick into the stress of the 3D world, how do you open yourself up in a spiritual paradigm? How do you come to the place of, oh, I'm going to go meditate when I'm freaking stressed out and I can't. Right. It's like, sir, it's like survival. It's basic. I've got kids to feed. I've got yeah. rent to make. I've got these 3D responsibilities. And, you know, the woo will say, oh, we'll go talk to trees and go meditate. Right. right. Like, when you're in survival mode, you don't have the luxury of getting into that space. Right. We need to give people a, a place, whether they rent, they can rent it for three to five years or they can buy them, but places where people can come to rest and actually oh, collect themselves. Collect themselves, be at a threshold, a transition, or yeah, just ground. How great would it be for a single mom with two kids to have you know, the opportunity to move into like a 500 square foot space? Yes, it's yeah. tiny, but if she could live there- If it's designed well- yeah. yeah. Like a boat. And, yeah. And, and if a mom could suck away a hundred grand, how great is she going to feel as a mom being able to oh, take care of her and kid. then be able to afford education, healthcare, right? In the States, you, it's challenging for, for all of you with healthcare. Yes. So, and you get in this place where you're in survival and you're yeah. so scared to say no to your boss and oh okay I got to work on the weekends oh okay I've got to work late oh okay and I'm not getting paid extra but if I don't do it I'm going to lose my job you know and so there's and now you're hearing in the workforce oh we can't find any good help nobody will work well nobody wants to work for ten dollars an hour or you know yeah. a low unlivable wage when rent is skyrocketing it's homes insane. are skyrocketing yeah insurance is skyrocketing and it's like, you've got to work eight jobs just to make a Oh living. yeah, I have so many colleagues who are doing like, they're taking on extra design work on the side. Like, how are you managing all of this? You know, how are you doing yeah. this? Staying late night, up late nights, they've got kids. It's really challenging. What, think you, how you would be if you, if you had the opportunity to go into a space and could sock away some money and get some comfort and get yeah. your healthcare squared away, your retirement squared yeah. away. I mean, you would be able to make better decisions. You make yeah. rash decisions when your energy is frenetic and frantic because you're in survival mode. Exactly. Well, Amanda, I love this because this is a really big picture idea for what the new earth could look like. Again, doesn't have to be like I shared before. The new earth doesn't have to be you leave the city and you need to go live in some, you know, eco village somewhere. And I'm not uh, bad mouthing that. I'm where I've have some clients who are now 
uh, visioning and building um, eco-communities, sustainable communities. We need them. Spiritual centers, amazing. And like I grew up in the city and I like the city ha has a magic of its own. And to, to, I love your idea. Convert the malls, convert these, these, these commercial buildings. A lot of them are empty. Everyone's working from home and convert them into to, um, lower cost housing. That's the new earth. And to, to think of a, a way of, you know, whether it's like a co-housing model, build green, you know, have green roofs, vegetables being, you know, planted up on the top. There's some really great you know, models from the city that um, really can Don't bring think about your malls. vitality. Yeah, Nobody vitality to, to the downtown. Yeah, you know, and like I, th we've got a mall here. It was built in the '90s, and like I probably haven't been there in 20 years. But like I think about all those shops, and like the whole center of the mall could be green space. You could put yeah. trees and grass. Oh yeah, and yeah, all kinds of cool things. But every one of those retail spaces, you could easily put probably 5,000 little apartments inside that, if not more, if you do like five to 600 square feet, yeah. um, you could put little tiny homes basically inside of these spaces. And it could be quite communal because everybody within that building in that green space could be neighbors and it could be right. quite communal. And like, I, I, I agree. I think that this could really be a part of the new earth where we bring the cost of living down and, and give people dignity and the ability to not have to do shit they don't want to do just because they're trying to keep a roof and food you uh, know, and, and food on the table. Like yeah. what if they only had to really work 30 hours a week just to get a little bit of income in, but the yeah. other, you know, 30 hours, 40 hours a week, they could spend doing something they loved, like yeah. writing a book, Here. painting, yeah. teaching, you know, and not feeling like they were being taken advantage of and, and feeling like I have to do this to make extra income because I have rent to pay. Like there's, there could be such beauty in the sense of bringing your nervous system down and yeah. bringing us back to a sense of community. And, and like, how great would it be if you lived in a space like this and you needed childcare and the lady next door yeah. can watch your kids for two hours? Yeah. I mean, Amanda, what you're talking, that's beautiful. What you're talking about has actually already um, been tested, created in Europe. A lot more of the socialist social structures, some amazing housing models, you know, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even in Turkey, we see them, we see them here. They're much less in North America, but even now they're, the quality of them are be are lost and uh we need to go back to that we need to go back for very sure. doable the the yeah. problem is is that the policies that are in place are really focused on protecting more of the one percent and and it, there's yeah. oh, there's yeah. an agenda that is not helping the 99 percent and i feel like the biggest issue with the the people who are in office and the people who are quote unquote in charge which they're really not but the people that are making the policies and, and putting things forward, they're putting things together that benefit them and not the 99%. Yeah. I have a client who uh, is one of the representatives in my county. I didn't realize that he, it was who it was. And when I showed up to his house, I was like, oh my God, you're so, that's you. so. Right. and I said, we're about to have a conversation about rent that's going on in your county. He had no idea 
that rent had spiked 50% in his own county. And I said, my rent went up $600 last year. It's going up $700 this year. I said, I'm making the same wages that I was two years ago. So yeah, you do the math. Yeah. And I said, and everybody in my complex on my wing, we're all moving out because we can't afford to live here. And I said, and this is happening in your county and you don't even know about it. He had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem is there's a disconnect with the people that are in office and and running the show, so to speak. They're so far removed from their communities. And like this particular person, he makes probably $1.5 million a year. He cannot connect with me. He can't relate to me because he doesn't know what it's like to not be able to make your rent. Right. Right. So we need to have people in office that are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year and having to feed kids and put them through school and put so they get what it's like. So that they understand what what all what their people that they represent are going through because we're not gonna see beautiful things like malls and offices be converted. And and like my girlfriend, um, she's a contractor, she's been trying to get tiny home communities built here for the homeless. She's trying to set up communities so that the homeless can inhabit one of these yeah. tiny homes for two years so that they can rehabilitate and get back Amazing. into the workforce. Ah, oh, such a great project. Yeah. And the county will not allow it. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't want homeless people in the city. They're oh, trying yeah. to but get that's them not out. the solution. Like, yeah. You know, meanwhile they're we're trying to come up with a solution to create, you know, a, a better place for people. And it's like and a chance, a doorway, an opening, right? Into a new We've got world, a lot of seniors life. that are yeah. displaced and homeless. You know, we think of homeless as, oh, these dirty people that are right, the- like drunkards like- or drink, you know, you know, heroin addicts. Yeah. And technically, yeah. hello, I'm homeless. Right. <laughs> technically. I'm going to stay with a friend, but I am technically homeless right now. And so if I had the opportunity to go to a space that was 500 bucks a month, I could bring my nervous system to rest, which technically I am. I'm going, I'm going somewhere rent-free, but not everybody has that option. Not everybody has a place to go. And so what happens is, is they end up on the street and like where my mom lives in Arizona, um, 35% of the homeless in the last 18 months are seniors over the age of 60. They've been displaced because they can't afford rent. And they didn't save up enough on fixed income. So the retirement that they're getting, their pensions they're getting, social security, it's not enough to to, uh, absorb these bloated rents and bloated insurances and prices and everything. And the fact that that's happening in our world is unacceptable. It's like the seniors need to be revered, respected, right? Honored. The like it's like and the stages. The that's what they the are. Stages, right? Coming back, you're you're completing the cycle, just like in the indigenous uh, cultures where the elders were at the highest, and you can still see that here in Turkey, where the elders are respected. They're visited. They own the streets. You know, like they're. They're not, but you can see a little bit of a wave where they're being, some of them are going to homes, but it's not as, it's really not as bad as the States uh, or Canada. Yeah. It's so, it's sad here to see how our elders are treated and we really uh, favor youth in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially for women, 
we, we herald youth and it's like, once you're a certain age, it's like, you're useless. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Amanda, this has been an amazing conversation as we wrap up. Um, yeah, I'm just like, woo. It's like, (laughs) it's like just been like this. Yeah. It's, it's just to have this connection with you and it's more windows, more doorways are opening up into, you know, the, the, the deeper aspects of what we're, what we're experiencing right now with, you know, moving out of 3d to 5d or the awakening or evolution and consciousness or the process of individuation, uh, the building of the new earth, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, what would you, what would be your words of wisdom for these women architects, designers, who are in this space and place where they can feel the chaos, they can feel the pressure. And it's like, something is calling them something. They can feel something. They're at the edge of something and they, they know they have to break free. They know they need to, to speak their truth, uh, unleash their, their intuition, but they're freaked out. They're scared. They're just, they're, they're in this, this cage still. What would you say to them? What advice would you offer? Well, I think what you just said, speak your truth is really important, but I I think that, you know, like I said, I'm almost 50 and I've gone through so many of these cycles now of freak out chaos. And like, I'm getting to the point to where I'm so old. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like I'm going through another invitation. Uh, You're doing an Um, initiation. I'm hearing initiation really strongly here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard, especially if you're in your first cycle of chaos, if if you're new to the the adult world and you're going through your first chaotic, you know, Saturn return kind of stuff. Um, you know, you, you hear a conversation like this and, you know, my advice is don't sweat the small stuff because in one year, this does not matter. But if you're in your very, very, very first cycle and you're 28 years old, 27 years old, you're freaking out. Everything feels like it's falling apart and you feel like, oh my God, I'm not going to survive this. Well, guess what? You are. Everything's going to be fine. It's, I have been through so many of these horrific cycles. And I mean, every time, like I remember my first one when I was in my 20s, I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost my husband. I lost my business. I lost everything. It was during the 08 crash. I lost everything. And I was diagnosed with cancer. And then my cat died. I mean, it was just one thing after another, after another, after another. And I swear to God, I thought, oh my God, if I make it out of this alive, like that, I was getting to the point to where I did not think I was going to make it out alive because it was just, it was so much stress and it was so chaotic. And um, I was having probably two to three panic attacks a day. I could not breathe. But here I am, I'm almost 50, still alive, made it through. And I talk about this period in my life, in my book, um, Feng Shui for the Soul. And what I learned once I was at the top of the world card, I was no longer at the bottom, is that everything happens in cycles. And when I looked back, that my yoga teacher always says that you cannot learn to bend if you don't get the heat. And Mm -hmm. so... That was a period of my time in my life, one of my first chaotic periods, I got really heated up and I was forced to bend and I made it through. I got to the top of the world card and I was able to look back once I was at the top of the mountain, looking down, going, wow, 
I am so thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. Right. The cancer diagnosis completely flipped the script on my health. Like I started, I became a vegetarian. I started eating very well. I started doing yoga. Like it flipped the script for me. Um, the financial stuff, it, it flipped the script for me on, on the types of jobs that I was willing to take and, and taught me boundaries. So I was able to, to learn a lot. And then when I went through my, my second big cycle, which I also talk about in the book, um, it, it really taught me about boundaries. It, it taught me how to take command of my life and to not sweat the small stuff. Like it really taught me that as a woman, I am not less than uh, my, my upbringing has, was, I was raised by a single mom who really empowered me, but the culture does not. The culture really tells you that, you know, you're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Right. You're not thin enough. Your hair's not the right color. You're yeah. not enough. And you may say, oh, that's not me. I'm empowered. I'm smart. I'm all those things. But you do decisions and you make decisions based on little tiny seeds that are planted that you don't even realize you're doing. And that really shows up a lot when you're younger. As you get older, you get to the point to where you don't give a shit. You don't sweat yeah. the small stuff. So now that I'm in my third really, really chaotic time in my life. Can you see you it know, in your chart? Do you take a look at your, your astrology? Yeah, so I'm having a nodal return right now. My north yeah. and south nodes are on top of each other. Um, yeah. so, I'm not so familiar with these terms. So it'd be good if you could also expand on that a little so bit. We have a north and a south node in our charts. Yeah. And wherever they are in your natal chart is basically what you are it's the, your South node is the tools that you've kind of, it's your tool bag. It's what you're coming into this, this world with like, all right, I'm here. I've arrived. I've got my tool bag. Your North node is an empty tool bag. You got nothing there and you need to work on it. And yeah. so the, the, so all the planets continue to move after you're born, but your natal chart is your, your timestamp. That's where everything was the moment you were born. And so I'm going through what's called a nodal return right now. And so the North and South node just revisited my natal North and South nodes. And so what that means is, is like, it's, it, you also have what's called a Saturn return, which is that those usually happen right around 30 and 60. And so most of us go around yeah. like 28 to 32 in that time frame. shit yeah. blows up in your life. Well, a nodal return can be very similar because it's, kind of like a ping, like, um, remember you came in and you said you were going to work on these things and we gave you the, the tool bag, but this right. tool bag filled up and, um, Amanda, you're not working on those. Remember? Uh -huh. so, it's a reminder. It's like check yeah. in. And so yeah. for me, it's been very, very chaotic. You know, I'm being forced out of my home because I can no longer afford to live here. Um, my finances have been very shaken up. I, it's so funny. Um, I had, uh, I talk about this in the book, how, you know, I lost everything in 2008 after the crash. Well, um, about three weeks ago, my bank account was levied and my entire checking and savings was drained. All, all my money was gone. And it took me about a month. I had to hire an attorney. I had to figure out what was going on. And I found out that it's an old debt collector from 2008, which oh. is all about the nodal return. Oh, what it does so like mirroring back. It's mirroring back. It, it usually mirrors back about 14 years. I mean, we're talking to the date here, 14 years Holy ago, 15 years ago. Holy shit. 
And so what it did is it brought something back from my past to remind me, hey, this is what we're working on. And I'm like, holy shit. So I can't afford my rent. I'm losing my home that I love. And I've lost all my money for something that I did 15 years ago. So, and the best part is, is that I didn't do it 15 years ago. It was my husband. It oh, was great. Card. But because we're married, it's joint debt. And so what happened is, is when I applied for a home loan, it pinged everything back open. And the debt collector was like, oh, she's trying to buy a home. She has money. Right. So, so, but if this had happened to me in my thirties, I would have said, oh my God, I'm not going to survive this. Right. I've lost all my money. I'm homeless. I'm not going to survive this. Like what, what's the point of even being here? Oh, woe is me. I'm going to play the victim card. But now I'm almost 50 and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've lost all my money. I no longer have a house. I, I'm, I got to figure shit out. So I've had this invitation since February to go live with my friend and I keep turning it down, keep turning it down, keep turning right. it down because my pride is saying, oh, I can't do that. Right. But I can't get a house. It keeps getting taken away from me. I can't find affordable rent, affordable rent. And it reminds me of the story of where, I can't remember. It's like uh, Joseph is is begging God to help him, and you know it's during the floods, and the helicopter keeps coming to help him, and he's like, "No, no, no! God's coming to save me!" And the helicopter flies away, and the helicopter comes back, and he goes, "No, no, no! God's coming to save me!" And he dies, and he's like, "Why didn't you come to save me?" And he goes, "I sent you a helicopter three times." It's about <laughs> listening, right? It's about listening. So I realized yeah. that this invitation to go stay at my friend's, I'm wow. like, "Oh, this is the helicopter." He's sending me a helicopter and I keep saying no. And so, but I'm not, I'm not breaking out. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I've lost everything. I've lost my home. I've lost my money. Cause I'm like, this is 2008 all over again. I lost my home. I lost my money. I lost my marriage. I lost my cat. I lost an ovary. Like, you know, I just like, it's literally everything coming back to me all at one time. And I'm not panicked because I've been through this crisis before I've done this before. And I'm at the bottom of the world card. And in two years from now, I'll be back at the top of the world card. And I'll look back and I'll go, wow. Yeah. Look at all my lions I've manifested since that point. Yeah. But I've been through three of these now. And so, you know, if you're young and you're listening to this and you're everybody I'm talking to is, is battling crises don't sweat the small stuff. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, no matter how chaotic it is, we always land on our feet. We always land on our feet. Yeah. Yeah. We're so supported and we don't think we are. And we have blinders on and we're like, Oh my gosh, I have no money. I have no friends. I have no family. I have nothing. But you open those blinders up and you're like, Oh, I guess I could go stay at my friend's house. I don't right. want to, but I guess right. I, but we have options and we choose not to see them. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you're working at a job that is abusing your, or, or you don't like, you're thinking in your mind, I have no choice. Wrong. You always have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Sell the cars, get rid of the, the rent or the house sell off everything you own. This is what I did in 08. I sold off everything I owned down to my silverware. I literally had a suitcase and two cats left over when the whole thing was done. But that was my option to get back on my feet. And guess what? I landed on my feet. I'm still here. So, 
you know, don't put up with the crappy job. Don't put up with the stress. Don't put up with the overwhelm. You don't have to do it. You think you do because you want the lifestyle. You want the pretty home. You want the fancy car. You want the fancy shoes. You want to eat out. You want to have drinks with your girlfriend. But Dave Ramsey says something to the effect of be willing to do right now what no one else is so that in five years you can do what no one else can. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the fool walking over the edge of the cliff. That's zero, the zero number tarot card, right? Take a leap, take a leap, take a leap of faith. There are so many women I'm talking to. Some of them I'm mentoring right now in the architect studio and some that I'm mentoring one-on-one where it's just like, they're just trying to, they're holding on to a structure that they think that they need to create as their design modality but there's something, there's something bigger and more mysterious at this point that's waiting for them on the other side of the well, fruitful. Um, we tend to strangulate where we are to the point to where the energy can no longer flow to us. And we're we're we hang on for dear life of oh my God, I don't want change. I fear, and women in particular are very risk adverse. They do not like to take risk and they don't want to look over there because it's scary. Yeah. But the universe works like a vacuum. If you hang on so tightly to this thing, whatever it is, the relationship, the career, whatever it is, the universe cannot bring you any new opportunities. It can't bring you any new uh, shiny, fancy, exciting things because you're too busy strangulating the energy that does not serve you. As soon as you let go of that, something comes into your life. And and that's what happened to me with the first crises is that I just, I finally surrendered. I was like, okay, I give up. I I cannot, I cannot do anymore. I sold off everything. I just, I surrendered. And then that's when my feng shui practice and my design. Wow. That's when it all came in. That's when I, I had the epiphany of, I am no longer doing design or feng shui. I'm only doing design and feng shui you can only work with not on the side not keeping the spiritual stuff on the side and saved for certain clients and and then having another face that's more corporate or whatever yeah i've seen it as soon as i i've I've gone through that yeah i brought those together and it was if you're not into the feng shui i will not work with you like that is that's how i work and so that could not have come to me without letting it all go and looking at the opportunity. Right. And so from that, my practice then flourished. I've now written two books. I've got all these courses. All of these things have, have happened. I, I'm starting to, I, I'm, I'm now in writing my third book. Wow. But like, it's hard to write books of wisdom if you don't go through the flame. Like, you have to go through the thick of it. You, you can't write a book when you're 22 about, you know, experience and this is what you need to do when you don't have any. Yeah, it's You've so, got to be heated up to learn how to bend. Back to the cycle. There's a reason why there's the seed. There's a reason why there's the stem, the leaf, then the flower, then the fruit, right? And then the ripening and then the falling away, right? Of the well, going back tree, to the seed. Think about, you know, the acorn, it it takes 20 years for an oak tree to fully get developed to uh, basically it's teenage years. It takes 20 years for it to be a teenager. 
And as humans, we're like, but we want it right now. Yeah. I want it now. I want the career. I want the accolades. I want, you know, this, 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 and this. And it's like, we need to, to take a beat. We need to slow down and we, we need to, to really marinate in the journey. And yes. we need to, to be able to take a step back and go, what is this teaching me? I love this. I'm going to write this down. Marinate in the journey. What is this teaching me? And that's something that I invite the listeners to journal about, right? Marinating in the journey. What is this teaching me? And you're, I want to say this too about that. Too often we go into something and you were talking about this earlier about, you know, the chaos of the house and the laundry yeah. and things being dirty and, and you wanting it to be perfect. And so yeah. what happens is, is that, you know, we go into it and, and we're, we're trying to control. We're trying to make it a certain way. Totally. Yeah. We need to, we need to kind of surrender that level of perfection. And when we go into journaling and we ask a question, it's not about sitting down and because this is what we do as humans. We want an answer and we want a result. We want to know what to expect right now. Right. You may not get an answer for six months and that is okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't go into the woods. Needing the answer. Right. And say, oh my God, why is all of this happening to me? What am I learning? And it's like, Amanda, I hear crickets. Good. Yeah. Sit in the silence. Because yeah. it's when yeah. you can get your nervous system to come to rest. And it, it's it's that yeah. throwing energy into it where you're marinating in the yeah. process. Yeah. And then That's you the feminine. Find, yes. And yeah. you get the aha. It's that yin energy coming in and you get the aha and you're like, oh my God, I get That's it. That's totally what it is. It's but the yin. But you only get the answer when you're ready for it and you can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. the problem a lot of times we may get the answer. It's that whisper and we're not paying attention. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Marinating in the process, the yin energy, sitting in the silence and not forcing the, the answer to come and to trust, you know, that's, that's actually what child, you know, being, you know, pregnant is like, or gestating something, right. Gestating in the womb of the feminine of the yin. There's a mystery there. And yeah. one of my, always one of know the, the outcome, yeah. we always want yeah. to know, I want to know what to expect. And I want to know what the outcome is. And the, here's That's the thing. That's a very masculine thing too. Yeah. Yes. It's very patriarchal in nature and wanting to know the outcome is frivolous and it's stupid. And here's why your three like knowledge. lay it down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very, it's trivial. We'll say that it's very trivial Okay. because what happens is, is your 3d mind is very limited. It's very linear and it's very limited. So you think that the outcome should be this way. And the universe over here has gazillions of amazing unicorns and rainbows. And you shut it down because you say, this is the outcome. It's got to be a blue one. Go. Yeah. Let that go because the universe has something far more beautiful, magical, amazing, grandiose, so much bigger, better, happier than you could ever imagine. Yes. But your 3D mind can't even put that into thinking. It can't even imagine it because it doesn't know it's possible. Right. So you want to go into that questioning with wildlike curiosity, childlike wonder yeah. and go into That's it and possible. just say, 
Yeah. I am open and ready for all possibilities. Yeah. So that you get this 3D view of everything that the universe has for you and stop expecting the outcome and, and let go of the fear. That's the hardest thing as women, because we're so first. The fear can be debilitating and, and we can, we can drown in the what ifs. I've done it. What if I move in with my friend and oh, yeah, yeah. Just to hell in a handbasket? Yeah. What if, you know, I do that? What if, and we always go to the negative as opposed to- And it's to- always to the negative what if. Isn't it interesting that we haven't, we haven't been programmed to say, well, what if, what if, you know, um, all of a sudden I meet someone and we go on an adventure to Peru and then you know, and then that leads to another thing. And I end up, you know, buying beautiful textiles and opening up a shop and selling the beautiful textiles in this shop and starting a collective and right. Like whatever that leads to, but we are, yeah. It's like, what if this doesn't Default to the negative. We think the worst case scenario. And I, I think that, um, I saw this a lot when I was married, whereas my husband would just jump off the cliff and like, you know, he would apply for jobs that he was not qualified for. And he would just say, screw it. I'll figure it out. And I'd be like, oh my God, I need to know 150%. I need this degree. I need this certificate. I need this. I have to be worthy. I have to show up with all this in a bag of chips. And um, we don't like taking risks, especially if we're single. We don't like taking risks because we've worked so hard and we have to work three times harder than like most, like I looked at what my husband did and how he did work a lot of hours, but he didn't work hard. Whereas I've always worked hard and I've put in a lot of hours and I never made what he made. And he didn't even, he barely graduated high school. And that used to really irritate me. You know, I read a lot. I got a college education. Like, I feel like I checked all the boxes. I've done all the right things. And it's like, he still made more money than me. And there's definitely a, a shift occurring where, um, I think that the the gap is, is, I don't think it's closing in, but I I think that there's more awareness now of what's going on. And I think that, again, this is where the kids are coming in and and they're showing us that that's not all there is. Money is not the most important thing. Whereas we've been taught that it is the most important thing. We've got kids at my place that are, you know, 25, 26, and my boss will throw extra money at them to hit certain numbers, or he tries to motivate them with money and they, it is lost on them. It's like, oh, we have to work on a Saturday. No, thanks. Oh, we have to like, bye. We like our (laughs) self-care. We like pleasure. We like having fun. Yeah. It's awe-inspiring because like, I feel like it's ingrained in me to work harder, be more, be smarter. And it's like, and I also have in my mind, like, oh, well, I've got to do this to please the boss. You know, I want to make sure he's happy. Yeah. Whereas the millennials are like, you don't like me? I'll leave and go get another job. I'm like, oh, I think. (laughs) What a risk. Yeah. So amazing. Don't expect the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Amazing wisdom. So many. Uh, wow. I love all the stories that you share, Amanda. And, you know, this wisdom about the cycles, uh, the, the the world card. And um, yeah. Well, the fool, it's just, right? We need yeah. to all be in a place of, we've got our little knapsack on our back. Yeah. 
and yeah. we're closing our eyes and yeah. we're stepping off the cliff and you know yeah. what we're gonna land on our feet <laughs> we're exactly gonna be okay. take that leap of faith take that leap of faith beautiful and marinate in the journey quoting amanda here <laughs> so amanda as we close how can women get in touch with you you have the book feng shui for the soul um any any other courses workshops Best thing you is just to go to the, the website, gatesinteriordesign.com. Okay. Gates Interior Design, yeah. Everything floods to there. The book can be found on Amazon. It's um, Feng Shui for the Soul, How to Achieve More Ohm from Your Home, um, which I'm really curious about my current journey because, you know, my whole career is based on home and energy. And what does that look like when you don't have your own home? Like right. I'm not renting a space. I don't own a space. I'm Isn't going that to like totally, space. yeah, just it's breaking it all up. It's so great. It's shaking yeah. it, it up it's in the basket of what I think it looks like. And I'm right. like, oh, how, totally what's going on with me? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm adding this whole new bag of tricks to like, what kind of book is going to come out of this? Like, so, you know, just being able to take that step back and, and if you're in chaos, like, you know, not defaulting to, oh my God, all these horrible things are going to happen. What am I going to be able to glean from this? What's going to come right. out of this? Like it's that marinating in the journey. And so I'm looking at this of, oh my gosh, like I'm going to write a book after this. Like what kind of information am I going to learn? What is this, you know, what is this experience? How do you do feng shui when you technically don't have your own house? Like if you're not renting, if Isn't you're not, it? yeah, so right. What does this look like? So I'm I'm excited. I've got all my this is going to be uh, yeah my journals and all of my uh, I worked with a mentor for 25 years and I've got these big ass binders and I've got all of that and my clothes and that's what's going to the the place that I'm staying. And oh my god, Amanda, it's cool. it's a new chapter. It's like a totally new adventure, and I look forward to actually having a part two episode yeah. and uh, hearing more about hearing about what what's uh, yeah, what you've discovered on the other end what you've yeah. discovered so on i think it'll end. be fun but yeah gatesinteriordesign.com check out the book um and you know again if you're listening to this whether you're in your first crisis your second crisis third crisis fourth crisis like we're all going through it don't panic you know really pay attention to your options and be willing to say yes to something that makes you uncomfortable because being mm. uncomfortable is one of the best things for growth wow yeah stretches you you need the heat to bend heat to bend all right amanda oh this is amazing and like always just a delight to have you on the show and we'll be in touch to connect for part two thank, thank you, you so much so great to connect bye thank you for tuning into the new earth architectress it's my intention to inspire more women architects and designers to come out of hiding and unleash their intuitive powers to lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and their divine calling while making a powerful impact on earth. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with women who you know are feeling the nudges to take the big leap and bridge spirit with design. You can find out more about me and the New Earth Architect Dress Movement by visiting 
AishaRoseMelodyHassan.com. Until next time, Gule Gule.